0: You're listening to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, this Tuesday afternoon. This afternoon, we're talking about plastic-free July. Plastic has become the number one product that people use every day, despite how damaging it is to our environment. So we really need to think about how we can use it sensibly, and can we really live without it in our lives? Joining us this afternoon is Dana Winograd, the Director of Operations and also the co-founder of Plastic Free Seas. Welcome back on the program, Dana. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon.
1: Thank you very much for having me again. Always a pleasure.
0: Yes. Um, so just before the interview, we were talking about, it's all very well talking about Plastic Free July, but it's it's really meant to be a, a lifelong uh, practice. But before we talk about these practices, Dana, I, I want to sort of uh, uh, mention, um, everybody knows how damaging plastic is, but it seems like it, it's on the rise. I was looking at some really shocking figures. Um, um, Eat Without Waste, for example, uh, they, they released a, a report before uh, that shows that three 3.9 billion single-use takeaway containers were sent to landfills in 2019, and this figure is expected to rise to 4.2 billion by 2030. So despite knowing how damaging plastic is, why are we still using it so much?
1: Well, first of all, I want to point out, which you somewhat did, that that was pre COVID. Those numbers were hugely exacerbated during, um, during COVID and of course are much higher. And I think we will struggle to get them down. So that, that, um, estimate for the future could be even higher. Now back to your question, plastic has just become ubiquitous with our lives. We, it's so convenient. It's everywhere. It's actually sometimes difficult not to use it. So people still do have to make an extra effort. To go, and I'm not saying plastic-free in their entire lives, but even sometimes to just, you know, get to use your own coffee cup can be a struggle.
0: Especially during the pandemic, we've heard people trying to bring their own containers, their own cups to coffee shops, but just being refused.
1: Yes, and and of course, not only coffee shops, my favourite little vegetarian restaurant near my office (laughs) won't accept my takeaway food container because of fears of hygiene and they have no... um, reusable so I've just had to choose elsewhere I can't go there anymore unfortunately
0: yeah oh and and there's no way around it, it seems like because the pandemic it's wave after wave especially here in Hong Kong where we have measures how can we then change people's mindset and how can or how can we work with businesses to change their mindset
1: well, this is this is the issue here. We've got three different parties at play. We've got the government, and the government is working on legislation, talking about it at least, and, and moving forward with some legislation which will help. Then businesses, of course, have to do their bit. And unfortunately, it's not always a, a a level playing field. So it's great when the government steps in with legislation to make sure that all businesses are going to be acting the same and are not going to be disadvantaged by maybe going a slightly more costly route. Sometimes it's, it's not always caught more costly, but sometimes it is, especially in the beginning. So if we can get that legislation in place, great. Businesses, let's. we're talking to businesses all the time, and there is, you know, over the past few years, definitely a sentiment towards being more environmentally friendly. Now, translating that into action is a bit of a problem. And that's why I always say, you know, the customers say, why is it always us? Why do we have to do it? But unfortunately, it's going to take a while, for the government and the businesses to really get on board. So until then, if we want to see change happen, we have to, to do it ourselves and really make changes to our own behavior, even if it's a little bit less convenient or we're not gonna get the product that we want. I, I can't get my the food <laughs> that I want for lunch. Um, I find another place. You know, if we can't find our package-free Products at the local grocery store, find a different grocery store, go to a wet market. I know it sounds really easy when I'm I'm making it sound easy and I realize it's not easy. We're all busy. But if we can chip away at little things um, slowly over time, it will make a difference.
0: You're absolutely right, Dana. And a lot of the times it is that convenience versus, I mean, you can either go to the shop that you regularly go shopping at, but then having a lot of packaging, or you go to the wet market where, you know, there's actually, I want to say fewer packaging. I must admit yeah. it's in some wet markets and in some stalls. I don't know where they source their, their veggies from. It still comes in bags, some of them. I think it's a generic sort of warehouse of, of veggies that some of, some of the fruits still have a lot of packaging packaging as well. Um, yeah, that is a problem but you you can be certain of getting at least a wider
1: variety exactly. of things that may have come in larger bags and then you can it can be given out in your own bag as opposed to coming in in lots of individual bags.
0: Yeah, how has the pandemic sort of um, a- a- affected that in in your observation from your observation? have you seen more packaging because people are worried about hygiene?
1: exactly so some of the 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 gains that we have had over the past couple of years were actually lost so the the coffee shops that stopped you know allowing single use and the the grocery stores that said actually our customers are really worried we're putting packaging back on um, so we have lost a lot of ground and it's also it's not ground based on what the companies are giving but it, it's based on the perception of the individual. So individuals are are more concerned, so they're going to take a little bit of time maybe to go back to their their less packaging ways if they were on that journey already, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Um, Speaking of packaging... A lot of these packaging then go into the landfill, but sometimes it doesn't go into the landfill. Sometimes they go into our waters. They go everywhere. Um, and, and recently, um, um, earlier this month, we had a typhoon, Typhoon Chaba. Um, and I understand that Plastic Free Seas has very uh, nicely organized uh, a lot of beach cleanups. What did you see uh, washed upon our shores? Uh,
1: well, I just want to point out that it it actually started pre-typhoon with all the heavy rains that we had and the switch of the winds um, and the current from the northeast down to um, heading in from the southwest.
0: Of course, because it was really bad weather even it before It was terrible the, weather. Yeah.
1: So we, even pre-typhoon, the beaches, particularly on the west side of Hong Kong, have been absolutely inundated with, with waste. And it, it's our, we were already starting to clean up from back then. And it wasn't just waste. Um, or non-natural debris like plastic and packaging, it was also natural debris like wood, which makes the cleanup even more difficult, I have to say. So we were already started on that journey um, to clean up <laughs> pre-typhoon, and then, of course, the typhoon hit, and uh, some of the beaches, and we're still cleaning up um, both, both the pre-typhoon and the post-typhoon waste, and it's coming in daily. And what we're seeing, and it's incredible, is takeaway food packaging. Oh. It I could I'll send you some pictures later I know we're on the radio but it's unbelievable. Check out the plastic free seas website. I'm putting up some more pictures
0: today or yeah, sorry our pl- Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, please send it's it over. I'll put it on non, my Facebook page. Yeah,
1: it's not it's piles and piles of mostly clear um, takeaway cups and bowls and rectangular containers. It's I, um and it was pre typhoon. It was a lot uh, um, was quite old, so it looked like it had come flushed out from the flood from the floods um, from the land. I don't know where it was, but it, it looked it was very old. Now what I'm seeing is not so old. So I, I really haven't figured it out yet. We've seen this in the past, but I haven't seen it like this bad in quite a while.
0: Oh, have you noticed a lot more polystyrene lunch boxes as well because i find that during covid I'm, I'm not sure about the cost of it is is it cheaper than the regular rectangular plastic clear plastic but I, I see enough
1: lot. it's not cheaper we oh. we did some research with eat without waste oh. and we found that it wasn't even cheaper so we, we can't quite understand why there isn't a,
0: a bigger switch away from it but sorry continue yeah no 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 that, thanks for answering that question because i have noticed a lot of even uh, sadly even our our cantina rthk switch back to um polystyrene um, foam boxes and of course if you bring your own bowls um they'll happily serve you uh, uh in your own container and if you bring your own cups they'll they'll serve you in your own cups which is great um but because there are a lot of construction sites around broadcast drive we see a lot of sort of different people coming in for lunch and they'll always be served in the polystyrene boxes so i was really surprised to see the 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 step in that direction.
1: I think you need to bring me in to have a little chat with your service <laughs> provider and the staff in your in in RTHK. I would love to do that but it, love you know it's very me. interesting about the polystyrene. We haven't seen the on all, all beaches are different but on the beaches that I've been frequenting in the last two weeks I haven't seen the same polystyrene um surge oh, okay. on the beaches for whatever reason that doesn't mean it's not there I went to a beach uh, last night just to check it out for the first time and there was a large number of polystyrene boxes and some broken down polystyrene but it's different it's like the polystyrene was replaced with the clear plastic this time to be honest and it's it's crazy. That's not to say that our polystyrene problem is not over, and I'm sure there are beaches, as somebody could maybe call in or write in and just mention where you're seeing so a lot of polystyrene. It just so happens on our beaches, it's not, and it all depends on, it kind of flows together, so you'll get the different weights, and um, uh, coming together in the water and then ending up on the beach together. So somewhere, I am sure there is a lot of post, Irene.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you what's crazy is that that there's a really lovely uh, Taiwanese dumpling chain in Hong Kong, um, which I've since stopped going because I realized what they were doing is they were serving their customers who sat in the restaurants uh, with with uh, single-use containers as well, single-use plastic for the cutlery, um, Mm. I suppose so that they could save up on their washing up um, or have one fewer person that they employ. And then the other one is they have cardboard boxes to serve these dumplings, but then these cardboard boxes are lined with a a plastic layer of some sort. Do do, do you know the type I'm talking about? Yes,
1: yes. I'll just give a, a few quick comments on that. First of all, if you wash those, and get them to Mill Mill or a community green uh, store station or pop-up, even if they're lined with plastic, they can oh, be separated. recycled, but only by Mill Mill, not by the general plastic, or sorry, paper recyclers. So it, can, it it is possible to get those handled properly, but again, the government is addressing this issue, and hopefully by next year they're going to put in legislation where restaurants are not allowed to serve in single-use containers or use single-use cutlery with it for dine-in. Yeah, for dine-in, exactly. So that's dine the first in. step exactly. of some legislation, which we're really looking forward to.
0: Is that the same material as um, milk cartons, for example? Like it's cardboard on it's, the outside, but plastic on the inside?
1: It's, it's multi-layer, but it's, it's quite uh. different, but can be handled in the same way. What happens is it just takes a little bit longer in the pulping process, um, than the average paper does, which is why Mill Mill, who handles the liquid cartons, can also handle the various different types of fiber and paperboard food packaging.
0: I see. So it is it is paper on the outside, but it's still yes. plastic on the inside.
1: Some is plastic, some is lined with other forms of um, waterproof barriers. There's actually some some questionable chemicals in some of them, Um called PFAS and it, they're not good. Yeah. So we, we really do need to, to be concerned to some extent with the, the fiberboard packaging that's being used as well.
0: Yeah, I, I'll need to definitely get you back on to talk about the different types of plastics because there are seven different types of plastics and, and it'll be really lovely to, to pick your brain about those. Um, Actually thousands of different types of plastics. Thousands Six main
1: ones and number seven is everything else. So it's it
0: I is complicated. <laughs> <laughs> so I've somehow grouped thousands into seven. Okay. No, no. <laughs> everybody.
1: No, everybody thinks it's seven because there are seven numbers, but number seven is the catch-all.
0: So number seven is actually thousands of others, yes. like others.
1: Yes, <laughs> that's terrible. including bioplastics, including non-fossil fuel-based plastic, which is actually a contaminant to the plastic recycling stream. So it's it's very difficult. If so, for the listeners out there, if it's confusing for you, don't worry. You're you're in the same boat as a lot of people. Most people,
0: <laughs> except for yes, except for you and, and and your team, which is great because we'll have to definitely invite you back. So, bioplastic, uh, even though the it has the word bio, it's actually not very friendly to the environment. Still,
1: it well, it depends on the end of life handling system that there is and the collection system. So, if you're in a country or a city that actually collects. This biomaterial with their food waste and has um, a an industrial composting system to handle it. You're it's you're great to go with the composting compostable material. But if you're in a place like Hong Kong where it's not there is no great collection um, process for it, infrastructure for it, and we don't have a com, an industrial composter to handle it. At the moment, and I don't know in the future, it's not planned for, but hopefully it's being discussed. So right now, that that compostable stuff really has to end up primarily in the landfill. Although companies like Vegware do have very small trials, and I do encourage you, if you are looking towards compostable packaging as a business, to to get in touch with Vegware and get in on their 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 pilot, so that you can encourage your customers to feed into it. Okay. That was a lot of confusing information, sorry. But I didn't want to negate, you know, the work that some of the businesses are trying to do despite the lack of infrastructure here in Hong Kong.
0: So that company is called Vegware.
1: Vegware. Vegware is one of the companies that is proactively trying to get their their eco-friendly um, packaging managed properly, end of life.
0: Oh, are they a Hong Kong company?
1: No, not at all. They're an international company Oh,
0: okay. with
1: okay. representation
0: here, though. Okay, I'll have to have to look them up. Um, Dana, before I let you go, I'm sure our listeners will want to know more about Plastic Free Seas and some of the work, uh, upcoming work that and projects that you, you have. Can you share uh, some of the work with us and remind our listeners once again, how we can get in touch with you and find you on social media?
1: Absolutely. Of course, we're, we're full steam ahead with our talks, the local schools are still in and we've got lots of talks and, and workshops going on in the local schools at the moment, which of course is our main focus. Our, our real mission is to do education and awareness raising in schools. So that's driving ahead. We've completed a survey of over a 100 grocery stores and their use of produce packaging. And we're just finalizing the, the sorting and the coding so that we can pull that information together and talk to the grocery stores about their unnecessary use of, of packaging on produce. So keep an eye on our, on our social media and our website to find out what you can do to support the research that we've done, you know, writing to the grocery stores, but we'll be talking to the grocery stores. So that's really our biggest project at the moment. And, of course, we're always supportive of the global movement called Plastic-Free July. And You know, it's plastic-free every day for us. But if you aren't already working your way towards a life that has less plastic in it, please do have a look at the PlasticFreeJuly.org website for some fantastic information. And then you can always contact us at Plastic Free either through our website at PlasticFreeSeeds.org or we're also on all of the social media platforms. So we're happy to talk to individuals, companies, schools. We want to help you on your um, your journey, no matter where you are on it.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon, Dana. As always, it's always so no- you're always so knowledgeable, and it's always a pleasure to have you on the program. And I look forward to catching up with you next time. Thank you very much. Thank you again. And that's Dana Winograd, the Director of Operations and the co-founder of Plastic Free Seeds, talking about Plastic Free July, and actually plastic free every day if you can. Thank you very much.